And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast. This is episode 57, and we are going to cover all of the major happenings that have gone on of Major League Baseball in the 2019 season. Talking about all the injuries, including some that just happened tonight. Uh, Talking all about the hot starts, guys to have on your radar, on the waiver wire, those that are riding the struggle bus, and of course, the up-and-coming youth movement. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And in the front office with me this week, we have Phil and Todd. Guys, isn't it great to have some live baseball going on right now? So nice. Yeah, I'm pretty excited (laughs) about it. Uh, right off the top, uh, Corey Kniebel is no longer playing this year. He has opted for Tommy John. Josh Hader has been getting all the save work so far. Uh, basically, if you've missed out on drafting Hader as a long man uh, or a spec save, then he's not going to be available in any leagues. I mean, with this setup, he's easily the number one reliever probably in fantasy baseball right now. Again, the saves, now a little more consistent save old leagues. And he's just still dominant, still as good as he was last year, so... Yeah, he had an immaculate inning against the Cardinals the other day. And so if anybody doesn't know what that is, he threw nine pitches and he got nine strikes, striking out all three guys. He threw all fastballs. Well, yeah, the Cardinals couldn't touch it. They He faced the Cardinals a couple of times and they he looked really bad against him. Cardinals have struck out like 65 times in like five games. Yeah. That's, it, it's, some, it's very alarming. Something to keep an eye on. Another bullpen that is up in all sorts of confusion right now, Seattle Mariners. Diaz in the offseason signed Hunter Strickland. Hunter Strickland just got hurt, and I don't even know who this guy is, but Elias... He got a save last night. He's been a decent reliever for a little bit, but he should not be closing games. I, I think that they're going to have uh, Swarzak closing games here soon when he comes back from the DL too. But yeah, it looks like Elias is, was the guy last night. I mean, it's it's pretty much like a full-blown committee right now because uh, yeah. like Festa had one the other day. <laughs> and then uh, Corey Guerin, the dude from the Giants, was kind of in the late inning mix. I mean, it's just a complete run in the bullpen and get a shot at save, honestly. Last man standing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a bullpen to avoid for the moment. You might stash Swarzak. Even then, he wasn't good last year. Oh, he's by far like not a good pitcher. Like, <laughs> but but he's also someone the best who, in that bullpen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You got because in uh, saves and holds leagues, I've been targeting uh, Gear and Festa just because they'll throw in the seventh and eighth too. They've been really good so far this year. But I mean, if you're in a saves league, I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was on bench with Bubba, and uh, it's already out. But so we we talked about this exact scenario, and it was as perplexing as it is today. I have no idea. If, I wouldn't want anyone there, but if I did have to have somebody there, it would be uh, Swarzak. Yeah, we're gonna get into that here in a little bit as well, because everybody seems to be tearing the cover off the ball and much pitching when you're getting that much offense. True that. <laughs> uh, on to the starting pitcher front. Andrew Heaney, it's not looking good there. He's gone in for some elbow research. Uh, looking like a possible Tommy John there after his big breakout last season. Looking promising coming into the year. What the Angels going to do? I know they traded for Chris Stratton. Giants. But basically, that's Matt Harvey and... Let's, let's be real. Matt Harvey's kind of depth, too, at this point of his career. Yeah? Would you be surprised if he had a 4.5 ERA at the end of the year? Surprised? No. See? Exactly. So, I mean, I just... I think their entire rotation is in shambles, and it was that way at the beginning of the year, and this makes it much, much worse. (laughs) 
But we can ask Todd what he thinks about the trade that we did <laughs> on opening day. So I or right after, traded yeah, right after draft. away Andrew Heaney to fill for uh, Jeff Neal and Rich Hill. And a uh, big fan of that trade. I think it worked out very well for me. And, Dick uh, Mountain. It's a shame, it's a shame <laughs> to see Heaney hurt because I do like him, but uh, he wins some. <laughs> you didn't say the other part. Phil loses some in uh, this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rich Hill should pitch more than Heaney this season. So, uh, And McNeil's batting like 450 on the year. He had a four-hit yeah, game yeah. the other night. Yeah. He's playing outfield in third, so hopefully he has bunch of different eligibility so that's what it's uh, looking good not a fan of all of this <laughs> well that's not the worst trade in our league there we'll yes. uh we might have to discuss that later on if we've got time yes. anyway miguel anduhar it's looking like a torn labrum uh through some strength tests and it looks like he came out as strong but still there's a potential for season ending surgery looks like dj lemayhew has been assigned third baseman until they have some depth there again uh our is LeMahieu looking like an, an option to pick up? I mean, he's got shortstop, second base eligibility most places. Now picking up third? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I really like, to be honest with you. Uh, he's always been a decent batting average guy. You throw him in Yankee Stadium and he's a 20 to 22 home run guy. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, this is awesome news for uh, LeMahieu. I mean, he's guaranteed an everyday spot now. So that that was pretty much the biggest question mark for LeMahieu going to New York, and it's solved now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the outfield situation, uh, Justin Upton, he's going to be out how long, Todd? They said 8 to 12 weeks, Oof. so that's not good. Because he hurt his little toe. Such a been a weird year. I mean, he had kind of a mystery knee. They said, you know, aching knee. Uh, didn't start till really the last week of March. And then pretty much trying to climb uh, outfield wall, trying to steal a ball, and hurt his toe. So now he's out 8 to 12 weeks. And they reported it originally as he might go on the injury list. And yeah. then the next day, they're 8 to 12 weeks with a toe injury. So not ideal. Um, that Angels lineup gets even worse. That's one of their two good, or I guess three good hitters. So um, not not good. I mean, that's half a season pretty much. So I'm good. The thing about Justin Upton is, is in a redraft league, I anything less than 15 teams, you probably are dropping him. Um, yeah. the, the other thing about it is, how hilarious is it that he hurt himself on defense whenever he doesn't even play defense? <laughs> right. Like, how, how, how do you go to steal a home run ball and hurt yourself whenever you just, you're not a defense guy? Like, you're, you're bad at defense. You're kind of just there. I don't know. It, it's weird. There's an irony to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is why I don't try on defense. I'm trying to tell you guys. But <laughs> right. who who's looking to gain uh, playing time there with him going on the IL? Uh, let's go to roster resource. Uh, I'm looking that at is- it. Uh, Peter Borjos is who they have penciled in in left field. Uh, Cole Calhoun in right. Um, Ryan Goodwin. They just got him from. Oh, they yeah. did pick him up. So no, he had a rough spring, but he was kind of a little bit of intrigue, but didn't get some playing time. I think he was batting like ninth or eighth yesterday. Um, so yeah, he was there, but I mean, my page isn't loading, but I would think Goodwin would probably be a good bet. He's, he's a guy with a lot of uh, decent power and, and speed combo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not in great shape because looks like Goodwin is a bench bat on roster resource and Borges is the, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> uh. Um, I have firsthand experience of watching Borges be really bad at hitting, um, but <laughs> yeah, 
be amazing at defense uh, here in St. Louis, and I'm pretty sure that's all they're going to get out there, too. Definitely a fourth outfielder type. Uh, staying in the outfield, Steven Souza Jr. went down just before opening day mm. to the dismay of all the D-back fans. That was brutal, too. Yeah, it was. Oh, nasty. Tore everything within his knee. That- like he could have hurt his hip, too, because that thing just completely, like, jammed. Yeah. Uh, if, you which... if you haven't seen it, definitely... Um... Yeah, don't find... go see, don't go don't <laughs> yeah. go look for it if you're weak in the stomach but if you're chilling that area it's it's something to see that's for sure yeah. it, it's less graphic than the nba guy or the blazers who uh tore his knee sideways oh, uh, that Nurchik? same night Nurchik? yeah, yeah Nurchik. that was that's not good Ref walked by and accidentally hit him in the leg while he's rolling on the ground. Yeah. Not not, not good visual. Uh, Well, that opened up a lot of playing time for Adam Jones in the outfield. And how has he looked, Todd? Uh, He looks amazing at the moment. Uh, Two leadoff home runs to start game so far. Three homers on the season. And the big thing is this means he's going to play every day. He has a spot. He's an everyday right fielder. Occasion, no, actually, every day he's going to play right. So Basically. Well, he's played right and left. Or, no, that was Peralta always in left. So, yeah, he's been center or right field. Pretty much Marte and Dyson are going to play center. So, they're just going to leave Jones and right. Pretty much give him the bat Souza was going to have. So, uh, really good low uh, signing for Dimebacks. I'm making $3 I think, this year. And he's going to play every day. You know, it's still Adam Jones. He's going to lead off, get a lot of bats, which... Having you know, on base is never really great, but if you're in a batting average league, uh, definitely you know, this guy I think could hit 270 again this year and get to 20 homers, maybe more. So, really low going undrafted in most leagues. Um, yeah, I'm Jones, steal. All right, well, let's dive into some of these guys that are off to hot, hot starts here. Uh, well, Paul Goldschmidt went off for three home runs the other night. Who, <laughs> uh, Todd, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't think we've had Todd on a pod and given us his uh, his thoughts and feelings on this. And I don't think we've yeah, had full on uh, your pod on it either there, Todd. So Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a morning session for me. <laughs> uh, the trade is just outright terrible. But, I mean, I'm torn because it's you still root for him, you know, and he, he's definitely probably everyone's favorite player for the time back still. Uh, he hits a home run in Twitter, you could say, uh, still goes off. But it, uh, I would have wanted, my issue with the trade is you didn't get one high upside player. You know, Luke Weaver, you know, he's a guy who I don't even know would make the Cardinals rotation this year. Uh, no. Not super high upside. I mean, pretty much the Cardinals said, hey, Kelly and Weaver are not going to make the team, so here you go. Yep. And here's a non-top 20 prospect and like the 70th pick in the draft and it's so, so the, what the Cardinals basically did is what the the horrible owner in your fantasy league does every year and tries to trade you <laughs> two two bench bats for an all-star and it worked and it actually worked <laughs> right and so the ridiculous I, about it is the contract he got that was the worst part of all of it well I was told that he wouldn't negotiate for a new contract without hitting free agency first uh, yeah, yeah I mean, there were there wait, were numbers. That wasn't me that was told that. That was you guys that was told yeah, that. Yeah, there there were numbers <laughs> that were uh, exchanged early on, and it was nothing under two hundred million for an extension and one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred and forty. He was one thirty. Uh, five one thirty, right? I thought it was yeah, five one thirty. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I can't. It's a lot of money though. He guaranteed money at this point. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like you see him on the Cardinals and you're it it is kind of the most perfect fit. Like he just looks like a Cardinal and it's he fits It's everything. it's heartbreaking, I Todd. It, I know. It's, it's <laughs> well the the thing about it is is back to his game the other day, that three home run game. 
He had five balls that he hit. I think the lowest exit velocity was like 104.5 or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's insane. Like, he's just pissing line drives all over the place. It's it's unbelievable. I, yeah, I, I mean, you yeah. guys saw him for, for plenty of his <laughs> career, but it's it's the, the one game where I saw him and I was like, oh, wow, that's what we have now. So it was nice to see really early. Yeah, especially after last year and the delayed slow start. Um, and basically, it's what I tweeted, man. It's amazing what strength you have when you're not carrying a franchise. And, and that's just where it is. It, he looks much more easygoing, less pressure on him there in St. Louis right now. And and much like an ex that you you just care for, just hope that he's happy. And <laughs> And and you're going to celebrate the milestones, and most likely he'll be the NL MVP, beating out the next guy on our list here, Christian Yelich, who has gone off on a tangent of home runs. Uh, homered in his first four games, homerless last night, so the record is still safe. Is he just on for another monster year? Personally, I think so. Um, he was a guy I was taking third or fourth overall in most leagues. I got him in our Dynasty League. He's a guy who pretty much just is what he is. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to hit 162 homers, but he is an MVP caliber player now. Uh, Fits Milwaukee, kind of like Goldschmidt, where now he's in a lineup that um, it's just stacked. It's a good lineup. And the Marlins lineup was good, but Ozuna was always up and down. Uh, Stanton was hurt a lot, where this lineup is just loaded, and he's just in a perfect spot. So I I think this is he's an MVP caliber player, and it's, it's legit. So he went off for 37 home runs last year. Are we going over or under of 35 this year? Uh, it's a tough question. Yeah, it's a tough one because I don't know if he gets to I think 40, 30. I think 35 is a good number. I think that, 35 I think is good that. that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it on the dot there with the prediction. Uh, another <laughs> hot bat that's in a new location, a former brewer, is Domingo Santana now in Seattle. Lit up in Japan and he's been solid so far now that he's gotten back to the States. Seattle is just a powerhouse right now. Him and uh, the next guy, Tim Beckham, uh, they they're just animals at bat right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Domingo, that's kind of your guy, Jer. I mean, you've been hiding them all all off season. Uh, two, years <laughs> two years now, two years, two years. It paid off eventually, but, uh, but I mean, the Mariners—they stole. I mean, Beckham is what cheap free agent signing. Domingo Santana traded pretty much nothing for him. Um, yeah, the Mariners really dealing and dealing. Uh, but um, in St. Louis, you've got a second baseman there in Colton Wong that's gone off as well. Second baseman, would you rather have right now, Colton Wong or Tim Beckham? Um, doesn't Beckham play short right now? Oh, maybe middle anyways, infield. Um, anyways, uh, I guess it's probably team dependent. I know it's a coward answer. Um, probably highest upside, Colton Wong. Uh, we saw, I think, Tim Beckham's upside in 2017, which is a really good year. Um, if Colton Wong puts everything together um, with the power, you know, he can he can hit 18 to 20 home runs. And with the stolen bases, if, if he can actually get on base in a clip that he needs to without striking out as much as he used to, um, and it looks like he's been doing pretty good this year, uh, he's going to steal a lot of bags. Uh, he's, he's a really fast guy, and he's got some good instincts on the bag. So um, I think he's getting a little bit better every year. And so... Be on the lookout for him to steal about 20, 25 bags this year, too. Uh, now on to the Dodgers here. Gerson uh, lit up the D-backs that first game for a pair of home runs. Strong side platoon there in L.A. Is he somebody on your radar now? What's crazy is, is he's a platoon hitter, but they lead him off. <laughs> right? <laughs> How many leadoff hitters are your platoon hitter? But anyways. Uh, not many. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think of any, to be honest with you, other than him. Um, but, I mean, he's a really streaky guy. I think you got to get in right now, or probably it might be even too late if you're in a league that 
has very active owners and it's early in the year so hopefully you are in a league that has active owners um but you know he's a guy that he, he's probably going to go 0 for 40 and in a stretch here very shortly and no one's going to blink, blink twice you know it's going to be something where he could potentially keep this up and, and be really really awesome or he could just have you know a miserable month and a half yeah i mean he's always been uh just historically streaky but he's a guy who just read the hot streaks and you know it does suck that you know if they run into a stream of lefties you know you might not be able to play him for a couple of days but you know you just have to ride the hot streak and he's hot right now so definitely if he's available in the league you gotta go pick him up right all now. right hunjin ryu how Man, are you, you need, liking that you need, you need to trade for him in whatever league that you're in that has <laughs> trades i'm not joking his perceived value is really low but he is an elite pitcher. The only problem with him is injuries, and, and they've kept him from pitching you know, more than 140 innings. But every time that he goes out, the guy dominates. Like, it's not it's, – it's been for, like, three years now. Like, yeah. he is what he is. He's just a pitcher that doesn't pitch a whole bunch. He's, he's, he's a better version of Dick Mountain. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ryu's a guy I targeted in a ton of leagues, and it's just, you know, like Phil said, when he's out there, he's dominant. I mean, one nine seventy or eight and 15 starts last year, struck out over a guy in the inning, doesn't walk a lot of guys. I mean, he looked incredible in his opening day start. He's probably going to dominate the Giants tonight. I'm really, <laughs> really big Ryu fan. Um, yeah, if you can trade for him, hopefully go after it, but hopefully um, he, we were all pretty high of him preseason, so I'd hopefully he listened to us and drafted him. Yeah, at least snuck him onto your bench somehow. Uh, and what do we think of Jake Odorizzi? He kind of used a little different pitch mix in his opening day start and went off. Tore up that lineup. Uh, what was it, 12, 12 strikeouts? 13? Uh, I think it was either 11 or 12. Um, but yeah, so he's pretty much my ace in the great fantasy baseball invitational. Oh, so wow. I got I got <laughs> that going for me uh, at this point. <laughs> I'm joking, but he, he's definitely pitching better than anyone else. Uh, he, I don't know what to expect going forward, but he's always had the upside. People have always liked him. Uh, you know, he's always struck guys out. Uh, if he could just hone in uh, the walks a little bit and uh, stop putting pitches down the middle at the same time, that's that's where his problem is. He gets a little gopheritis, but I think he's going to be a little bit better out there in Minnesota. Bat seems to like him. Uh, his projection puts him right at a four ERA, but does side of the strikeouts there. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost just about a strikeout an inning. And yeah, that's going to definitely be playable. I don't know about your staff ace, but for now, that might have to do. <laughs> and oh boy, what has happened to the Boston Red Sox? They, their whole starting staff has uh, permanent seats on the struggle bus so far in 2019. <laughs> been rough to watch if you're a Red Sox fan. Um, luckily, I'm not a Red Sox fan, so it's been fun to watch. Um, and I don't really own very much of their pitching, so I, you know, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, and it just is, is it's strange to see the, the reigning uh, World Series champions just, I guess there's the World Series hangover from the beginning of the year, but I think they ran it back in, and uh, and Sale dominates. And yeah, but I know Sale's velocity was down. I'm not really worried because he's had a history of kind of starting the year a little slower. Um, you know, Price was okay. You know, I think he had nine strikeouts last night. Uh, Porcello and Evoldi did not look good, and those are just guys. Obviously, you, you hold on to those guys, but maybe don't start them next week. Uh, Diamondbacks offense is pretty hot. Um, they're playing Oakland right now, which is a solid offense too. So you know, maybe leave those guys on your bench this week. Let them kind of feel it out and um, 
kind of heat up to the season, but it, it's amazing all five of them went out and struggled the first week. One uh, little bit of good news for them is Matt Barnes, our closer, got a save opportunity. One, two, three inning, two strikeouts. Um, and it might come out before this episode, but the other episode where we did kind of our predictions and stuff, I said Matt Barnes to be a top five closer this year, so hopefully uh, that holds up. And according to baseball reference, his negative one fib, hopefully that uh, stays. So... <laughs> Uh, Matt Barnes did look good, so that's one thing I will mention. Yeah, him and the other likely guy to get closer uh, shot are both with a negative one fit. Ryan Brazier, yeah, top four: Colton Brewer, Brandon Workman, Brazier, and Barnes. Uh, everybody else has had their issues, but yeah, that's uh, that's something you'll have to monitor. You may want to leave these uh, starters on your bench for another week, just to kind of feel it out, so you don't dig yourself into too deep of a hole in your roto leagues. Uh, and speaking. Speaking of rotations that have had issues, the Diamondbacks as well haven't done well uh, until where you had two guys making their team debut in Merrill Kelly, who went for six innings, and John Duplantier came in for three-inning save. It's the only bright spot from the starting rotation there. Am I forgetting one, Todd? Not really. Robbie well, Ray, Ray was striking out, he's striking out a ton of guys, walking a ton of guys, and only lost <laughs> five innings. So it is what it is. But Granky uh, looked horrible on opening day. So keep an eye out on that. But uh, Zach Godley's kind of approaching the hot seat. And uh, Luke Weaver's just terrible. Number seven starter we added for <laughs> our perennial all-star Greatest time back of all time, Paul Goldschmidt. So it is what it is. But oh boy! All right, let's dive into most of these guys. Oh boy, so much goodness there. Uh, Yanni Chirinos actually made a start and went seven innings. Oh, really good too. Did yeah. yeah. That will deter them from probably using an opener with him, phasing out a lot of their openers at least for uh, Nell Chirinos, Glassnow. They still have Yarbrough. Yarbrough, yeah. Wait, they like Glassnow start? I thought they used an opener with him. No, he won't. They said they're going to let him start this year. So I think right he only went five innings. Cool. So the I mean, that's, have- that's, the, that's the perfect guy to use an opener with. That way he get, he actually gets the win. I'm not joking. Right. You get, a, you get an inning into two at the beginning with the opener, and then you get five innings out of him, and then you're at the end of the game almost. That's yeah. the, That was the point of the opener to begin with. I don't know. That's why I like Yarbrough. He gets a lot of uh, just sneaky wins. Just innings there. I mean, he won yeah. 14 games last year. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you get him in the second inning, and, and he gets – He's not a guy that you're going to have to worry about. Even if he goes three innings because they, they pitched two at the beginning, he's already got five, and he's the pitcher of record if they're winning. Right. Because aren't they – I'm looking up right now, but aren't they still doing the Stanek Yarborough uh, kind of opener as like kind of the number five starter? Or is no. it like Castillo's pretty much – so they have Snell, Morton, Glasnow. And then if Castillo becomes their four, that's awesome. Through great. And then their five, I think uh, – maybe they haven't had an opportunity to use it yet, but I don't know if it's still Stanek and Yarborough. But, oh, and Morton, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely Yarborough. It's definitely a, kind of like a little cheat code. Uh, Lucas Giolito and – he was carving up that lineup. Uh, finally turned a corner. I, I did see a couple writers tweet out that he down his whole mechanics and rebuilt them this offseason. Made it a little more compact and a little more repeatable. Definitely somebody to buy in. Anytime someone makes a change like that, unless they're almost free, I'm not I'm not going to spend anything on them. Um, not until I see at least a couple of games. So I'm typically behind the curve. Like, But if I if you can get him off your waivers or something like that, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that has good upside to me he was a top prospect he was he was the guy that was traded for adam eaton when adam eaton was actually a thing so he's amazingly only 24 i mean last season he got a full 32 starts and was pretty bad to say the least you know 90 walks 
125 strikeouts, 173 innings. But, I mean, I really like seeing the eight strikeouts. Um, That's definitely a massive boost over his K for nine last year, which is only 6.5. So, I mean, if he made changes, he's definitely intriguing. I mean, he's just 24. It was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. So, if you have room, if you have spot for him, um, he's definitely worth an add. Very, very intriguing. I would much rather add him and monitor him from my bench than the else's roster. <laughs> right. Especially if he's finally turned the corner and become the guy. Uh, Frankie Montas for Oakland went six innings, hits, struck out six, and he has made some strides this offseason as well. Uh, probably looking at the fourth starter spot there in Oakland. Definitely going to get some good quality innings this year. This is one of those cases where spring stats don't matter, but they kind of do. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, realistically, he's been pitching this well for a month now. Uh, he's been doing really, really good all spring, and now he's carried that over to the beginning of the year. If he carries that over to the next couple of starts, he's, he's going to snowball into some momentum. He's going to be really expensive to get. I actually was lucky enough to snag him off waivers in uh, the, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational the week before, you know. But it was, you know, it was just dumb luck that it was just he was one of the best pitchers and I didn't have any pitchers. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really looking forward to what he can do going forward. I'm not thinking that it's going to be up to this level or what he's on the spring, but even if he can do somewhere closer to that than what he did last year, I think it's going to be uh, a hell of a ride. Paddock is another one that kind of have to believe the spring stats because he was caught carving up all of spring training and showing it as well now in one start over the weekend. I mean, here, here's a guy, I think he said he had like Tommy John two years ago, I believe, and he's just different pitcher coming out of that injury. I mean, you know, when you have Tommy John, you can pretty much rebuild your entire uh, your entire motion, every, every part of your game, and he's just been dominant coming out of that surgery, and he's a really, really intriguing starter. Um, you know, obviously, as a Dimeback fan, we see a lot of the Padres, and they have their, their trio of lefties that we just destroy every time, and I love them. And Lauer, Erlin, Strom, and then we have they kill Lucchesi. He has six starts against the Dimebacks, ERA over six. I mean, we, I love it. They bring up these lefties. They're terrible. But Paddock's the first Padre pitcher in a long time that I'm actually a little scared of. He really, really seems like the real deal. So Paddock's, I'm a big Paddock fan. Yeah. So I'm looking up his uh, strikeout to walk for his career in the minor leagues. Entire career, 11 and a half strikeouts to walk ratio. Wow. Um, that's why the projection system, the bat, had him as the 20th ranked starting pitcher even with his innings being suppressed. This dude is legit. He, uh, If you watched him pitch, he is fastball changeup, but that changeup falls off the table and has some nasty tail to it. And his fastball, he puts it where he wants it, as you can tell by his... 20, 20.75 strikeout to walk in uh, in, in single <laughs> A last year. And between between single A and double A is 15 strikeouts to walk. I mean, he's just absolutely insane. He puts the ball exactly where he wants it. Um, there's, you know, his, his whip for his career in the minor leagues is 0.880. I mean, this, wow. this, this dude is just unbelievably insane. He's really, really good. And we're lucky to watch him. Yeah, because... Paddock's really interesting because, I mean, you know, the last three years, I guess, we've had the podcast, you know, you really start to focus on knowing all the top minor league guys. And I remember Paddock was a guy after Tommy John that uh, MLB Pipeline, a lot of sites had him as, you know, potential four or five starter, you know, strike thrower, pitch contact guy. And what happened is just after Tommy John, his stuff has just become better and he has elite caliber pitches and he's really developed into this guy and having that control that's the number one problem these young pitchers have is control issues and paddock doesn't have that so i mean sky's the limit 
he's I mean, obviously we're all really high on him. I think everyone pretty much is at this point, and he's he's the real deal. Yeah, if he's somehow available, gobble him up. Hey, invite out. me to your league. Right. <laughs> uh, another ar- young arm here. Uh, Corbin Burns went off for 12k in the innings. I mean, yeah, he, he looked it he looked lit really, up towards really the end, but. He struck out the first nine guys that he faced. <laughs> Against um, the Cardinals, too. Yeah. Very good line. The Cardinals, like I, I said earlier, you know, it's something that's been very alarming so far this year, but I, uh, they, they've struck out quite a bit. Yeah. But I, I think it's a lot to do with pitchers like this. Um, it's it's not necessarily that they're bad hitters. It's that, that I think that they they face some really good pitching. And I think people are sleeping on um, Brewers pitching staff. And... They have some really good upside arms. Burns was used pretty much exclusively out of the bullpen last year. Uh, came up as a starter. They He earned his spot in the rotation, and it looks like they're going to let him get probably 120, 140 innings this year. Um, they'll start rationing his starts probably around midseason just so that they can lengthen that out between him, Freddie Peralta. So they have him fresh in case they need him in the playoffs. Which, I mean, he was dominant last year in the playoffs, too. He was a huge part of that bullpen. So, I mean, he, he's he's had success at the major league level and now as a starter the 12 strikeouts you know first nine batters striking out he there's so much upside in corbin burns game just a couple mistakes home run balls um obviously got him in that start but the upside is just enormous with the strikeout potential uh the next guy on our list Trent thornton an astros prospect coming up was flipped to the blue jays for Aledmus diaz in the offseason and made his debut this weekend you five innings pitched two hits and eight strikeouts who did he face though wasn't it the it was the tigers the tigers they're bad right they're that's a really bad team so they were going back and forth like no hitting each other i think is what was <laughs> basically because the blue jays aren't much better right now right they're they're both yeah. really bad they're they're pretty much a quad a team almost they're just waiting I mean, to, when, waiting to call up vladdy there when jordan zerman has a perfect game through six there's there's issues <laughs> right but uh, just looking at Thornton right now, uh, four four two ERA last year in the minors. Just straight out of like guy in the inning, you know, the walk rate was pretty good. But I'm not I'm not super intrigued. And obviously pitching in Toronto, uh, not a lot of run support. And Toronto's a tough place to pitch. You know the AL East stacked. You know even the Yankees banged up. There's still a good offense. Um, so I'm, I'm not really high on Thornton. You know maybe keep on your way on uh, your watch list. But uh, for the moment, I'm not really intrigued all that much. With so many young pitchers right now that have hit. And this next guy is probably the, the hottest thing in Miami right now. Sandy Alcantara, uh, former Cardinals prospect. Bill, what were you liking out of him? Uh, I believe he went eight innings the other day against the Rockies. I like the fact that uh, either, what did he walk, zero or one guy? Yeah, no uh, walks. Yeah, so that's what I liked about it. Um, you know, he's always been a really good pitcher. He's just never really been able to command it and, and hone it in the strike zone. And if he can start to do that, look out because this guy is going to be something else, especially in that ballpark. I mean, that ballpark is, from my understanding, the, the best pitcher's ballpark in the major leagues at this point. Um, I was able to add him in the Invitational. I only got, I got like 40 bucks. I, I thought that was a pretty good deal. Um, cautiously optimistic, for sure. He had 11 walks and 15 spring training innings. So, you know, there's just a couple weeks ago he was walking guys still. But um, definitely intrigue. I mean, you know, like Phil said, top prospect just walks have been an issue for him. All right. The last two pitching prospects here, uh, Merrill Kelly and John Duplantier. As we said earlier, they uh, tandem won a game for the D-backs. Todd, what's your uh, scouting report on these two? So I'll start with Duplantier. 
Um, it's just not Duke Planner. I've been calling him that for years, and that's not his name. So my apologies. But uh, he is a guy who has pretty much dominated at every level in the minors, and his issue has been injuries. Uh, he only made 16 starts last year, and that's concerning because he was able to throw 136 innings in 2017, but only 74 last year. And so in a redraft league, I'm not high on him because I think they're really going to slow play him. Um, I kind of expect him to go down to the minors pretty pretty soon, and they're but long term, I am really really high on him. Strikes out over a guy in the inning, pretty much in the minors. Really good control. Um, you know, struggle. He was injured on and off last year, so his walks were a little higher than normal. But the year before, really good control, and um, he's just—he's very advanced for. Um, yeah, he's 24. He's ready. He should be in the rotation, but I understand uh, just with his injury history, they're definitely going to slow play it, and that's Rick Hall. But I'm really, really high on Duplantier. I think he could become a number two starter for him down the line. Uh, so definitely in the dynasty league, if you can get your hands on him, definitely worth adding because he's going to pitch this year to major league level and uh, looked really good against the Padres. Now with Merle Kelly, he's definitely a um, low, lower upside guy. Uh, played a long time in the minors, went to ASU. He's actually born in Arizona, so it's kind of cool for the hometown kid uh, to make it for the Diamondbacks. But um, really able to develop an off-speed pitch. Uh, his slider curveball uh, in Korea really kind of gave him that second pitch, allowed him to start more. Uh, he's throwing 95 now, which is great. He was not doing that uh, before he left. So um, he, I, the comparison to Miles Nicholas uh, uh, is, um, I, I see a lot of that, and they're definitely not the same pitcher. I don't think that he has that upside, but I think he'd be a solid number four starter. Uh, keep the ERA a little under, um, a little under four, but he's gonna be around that range. But so I'm not super high on him. You know, he's a good depth guy for a fantasy rotation. Um, it's gonna take the ball every fifth day and get a lot of innings, but I'm not. His upside's not great. He's already 30, I believe. So. Um, but, but yeah, so that's just guy end rotation. But Duplantier in the Dynasty League, that's the guy that I think everyone should target. All right, and on to the final youth who uh, made the opening day rosters here, Eloy Jimenez. How has he looked so far, guys? Not that good so far. Um, I mean, he's kind of held his own, but he... He's putting good swings on the ball, but he just isn't really making the contact that he needs to. Yeah, I mean, with him, you just have to be, just have to remember he's just 22. Uh, we've seen so many young guys just come up and dominate already that, you know, it, it's a little concerning when they don't, but I'm impatient and I think he'll be fine. Um, but just, you know, two for 15 start, not not ideal, but I think he'll be fine. Fernando Tatis Jr., he did end up taking Merrill Kelly today. Yeah, he had a home run today, too. Oh, wow. Nice. Paying dividends already. Uh, do we see any worries for him? Uh, not really. I mean, he's he's what you want. He's got elite speed. He's got uh, some decent power. So if he gets on base, I think he's going to steal. And um, the only thing is, is, is he get on base? Um, he has a lot of swing and miss in his game, but I think that kind of translates in the major league level uh, pretty well because everyone up here kind of has a lot of swing and miss on their game now. So, um, I mean, you know, we talked about it not last year, but maybe the year before um, that we need to reevaluate what we think about guys that strike out 25, 30 percent of the time, because that's, you know, getting up there close to the major league average at this point. I think it's like 22 percent or something like that. So um, it's, it's not as big of a bugaboo as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy I love because, I mean, as draft day price, he's just a massive steal um, going way below uh, Jimenez and Vlad. Um, you know, like Phil said, he's going to strike out a lot, but he already stole a base. Um, he had a, you know, he has a homer. He's going to play every day too, which I like. They're giving him shortstop, but telling him it's your job every day, which is really, really good. 
Um, so I'm, I'm really high on Tatis. I think he, I think he's in for a pretty, pretty good season. And he's holding his own defensively at shortstop in the major oh, league level. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, I mean, I've seen him make quite a few good plays. Um, he's there to stay. They're not yeah. going to send him back down. He's there and he's going to play and, you know, they're going to let him grow at the major league level. And the last one on our list here, Pete, not Peter, Alonzo, the Mets' first baseman, he has been tattooing the ball. Yeah, the other day before he hit his home run, I saw him hit a double. There was a line drive that I don't think got any more than 12 or 15 feet off the ground at any time. Jeez. But hit, <laughs> hit a line drive right off the top of the wall, and it was just insane. Like, it looked like the right fielder thought that he was going to catch the ball, and it just kept carrying and just smoked the top of the wall. It was insane. Um, but he is a very, very good hitter. Um, he had, I think, close to three, four, five last year in the minors. Maybe he did have it. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't expect 300 batting average at the major league level. But, I mean, you can definitely expect some decent on-base percentage if you're in that kind of league. And, uh, man, the power is real. He is good. Yeah, I mean, last year in the minors, 36 homers, 119 RBIs, and 130 games, uh, 975 OPS, uh, you know, 574 plate appearances. Uh, he, you know, he's the real deal, and he's showing it. Uh, the three of us on the fall league this year uh, looked great in that game. So he, he's a stud. He is, you know, if you were able to get him in a draft, and if he's available in some, you know, if you guys' home leagues, being a 10 or 12 team league, and he's somehow still available, he, he's going to have a monster season. He's, he's ready. Uh huh. And the thing about him is there was zero expectation for him to make the major league roster. Zero at all. He played his way onto the major league roster with a massive spring. He's another guy. Again, spring stats don't matter, but they do kind of. Because he that's the reason that he's here, and he's parlayed that into a, a good beginning of the major league season. So... Um, you'd be on the lookout for guys like that. I mean, that's just for future advice kind of thing. Yeah, so far through a handful of Major League games, he already owns two of the hardest hit balls in the StatCast era for the Mets. Since yeah, I saw, 2015? I saw, I saw a tweet that said um, Devin Fink, um, the kid mm, yes. that is, is also, they, they run the two different sides together. But um, anyways, he tweeted out that the Mets in 2018... I think it was 110 mile an hour plus um, balls. They had three all year. Maybe it was 112. <laughs> Peter Alonso had two in his first five games. Yeah, uh, 112.5 mile per hour higher. That's crazy. <laughs> Alrighty, gents. Well, we will sign off for now. Hopefully, y'all got some much-needed info out of all this. Uh, where can the people find you, Phil? I'm Phil, and I'm at the Baseball Jedi. Todd? I'm Todd, and you can find me at Goldie Happens. Jeremy, you can find me at Front Office Jer. Follow the pod at Fan Front Office. And, of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And until next week, go enjoy some of this glorious baseball. Baseball.